All eyes are on Hurricane Dorian as it tracks towards the state of Florida. It could be as strong as Category 4 and heading towards the southern part of Florida. And what ingredients are necessary to create the largest storms on the planet? A hurricane is a large storm system in the tropics. It brings torrential rain and flooding, but they're measured on their wind speed. It's Friday the 30th of August and you're listening to Weather Snap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir and you're listening to Weather Snap, an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. It's been a very slow first half to the hurricane season across the Atlantic and Caribbean. But the atmosphere in recent days has been far more ripe for tropical storm development. Ada McGibbon got the latest from tropical storm prediction scientist Julian Hemming. Now, Julian, you were on the podcast last week and you were talking about how quiet the North Atlantic hurricane season has been so far. What's changed in a week? Well, so far this season, there has been relatively high wind shear uh, across the Caribbean and the tropical Atlantic. Now, there was a slight relaxation in the shear over the tropical Atlantic um, uh, about a week ago, and that's allowed uh, what was initially Tropical Storm Dorian to form. Now, there was still a modest amount of wind shear, and as Dorian tracked through the uh, eastern part of the Caribbean, it didn't strengthen particularly rapidly. It took about four days, but eventually it became a hurricane just as it was exiting um, the, the Caribbean area and is now a strengthening hurricane in the open waters of the Atlantic. And now of serious concern because of Dorian's track and likely intensity over the next few days. Yes, that's right. At the moment, uh, Hurricane Dorian is classified as Category 2 on the Sapphire Simpson uh, hurricane wind scale. Uh, it's continuing to move northwestwards in the, uh, in the Atlantic, but what we do expect is that it will turn westwards uh, over the weekend, strengthen further, and possibly by the time we get to early next week, Monday into Tuesday, it could be as strong as Category 4 and heading towards the southern part of Florida. And is there a high degree of confidence now that that is the likely outcome? Well, we do expect that it will do this westward turn and move towards Florida, uh, but there's still a degree of uncertainty as to what happens when Dorian reaches Florida. Now, there's a, a number of possible scenarios. What we could see is a landfall happen over southern Florida and Dorian track across the Florida Peninsula and into the Gulf of Mexico, and there it might start to turn northwards. There is another scenario whereby it becomes very slow moving near the coast and in fact could make a northward turn more or less on the coast and then track right up the coast of Florida and even further north up the, the, the coastal areas of uh, uh, Georgia and the Carolinas as well. And there is a, a smaller probability that this turn northwards, which we are expecting, could even happen before it reaches Florida. And so it would avoid landfall altogether. But at the moment, that's probably a, a lower probability scenario. We do expect some kind of interaction with the Florida coast uh, early next week. Certainly something to keep a very close eye on over the next few days. Thank you, Julian, once again for being on WeatherSnap. Now, conditions have to be just right for tropical storm development, as Alex Deacon explains. A hurricane is a large storm system in the tropics. It brings torrential rain and flooding, but they're measured on their wind speed. When the winds in the middle of the storm reach an average 74 miles an hour, it becomes a hurricane, a Category 1 hurricane. The storms range from Category 1 to Category 5. Category 5, the most powerful, and they get to that stage when the winds reach over 157 
miles an hour. So they bring very strong damaging winds and torrential rain, but strip away the wind and the rain and basically you're left with just a very, very intense area of low pressure. What's the difference between hurricanes, typhoons and cyclones? Well, the answer is nothing really. It's just where they form. These storms forming in the Atlantic or Eastern Pacific are called hurricanes. In the Western Pacific, the same system will be called a typhoon. And in the Indian Ocean, it will be called a cyclone. It's just a naming convention. Why do they form? Well, crucially, they form in the tropics because they need the sea surface temperature to be over 26 degrees Celsius. That is where they get their energy from. That's why we don't get them in the UK. You need the warm seas to feed them. But you also need the conditions higher up in the atmosphere to be just right for these storms to form. And one of the crucial components is the wind shear. Now the winds higher up in the atmosphere are all moving around in different directions and if that's quite a strong uh, wind shear then the storms can get blown apart. So you need the wind shear to be low. You don't want those winds moving around in different directions otherwise as I say that storm could get blown apart. And it just so happens that conditions are most likely to be right in terms of wind shear and sea surface temperature in the summer months around the Atlantic. So the hurricane season runs from the 1st of June to the 30th of November. Storms have formed outside of these dates, but they are rare. That is when conditions are just right, usually. Back at home, Sunday starts the beginning of meteorological autumn and the weather's on the turn as well. Here's Sophie Yeomans. There's very mixed weather across the UK this weekend. There are weather warnings in force for Scotland and Northern Ireland on Saturday as a weather front brings prolonged and heavy rainfall to the northwest of the UK. Take care if you're making a journey in these areas. Driving conditions will be tricky and there may be some flooding in a few spots. If you're in South East England, Saturday will bring some warm sunny spells with temperatures reaching the mid-twenties. But elsewhere across England and Wales, it will cloud over for a time as the weather front brings some rain. There will be brighter skies either side of this, but all of us are in for a cold night and a chilly start to Sunday with temperatures as low as 3 Celsius out in some rural spots. Sunday will see a mix of sunshine and showers, but some of these will be heavy and thundery, and it will be feeling cooler than recent days with highs of only 20 Celsius, and especially in comparison to last weekend when some parts of London reached 34 Celsius. Thank you, Sophie. And now here's Martin Bowles with last week's highs and lows. Here are your UK weekly weather extremes between Monday the 19th of August and Sunday the 25th of August. The highest temperature occurred on Sunday when Heathrow peaked at 33.3 Celsius, breaking a record for the warmest late August bank holiday weekend ever recorded. The coldest night was in Aboyne in Aberdeenshire, with a minima during the early hours of Thursday morning of 2.6 Celsius. A cold front on Thursday the 22nd of August brought rain to Northern England and Wales, and this led to a very wet day for some. Capel Keurig received 49 millimetres of rain, making this the wettest place of the week. Thursday was a very sunny day at the other end of England. 13.6 hours of sunshine were recorded at East Malling in Kent. 
Thank you, Martin. That's it from Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir. This week's producer was Adrian Holloway. Do join us again next time as we take a closer look at the week's weather. Weathersnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.